Welcome to Cat's Crypto Peepcast. Revealing reviews, titillating tech talk, never, ever financial advice. This was not at all an average AMA, in my opinion, but it was with the artist and owner of Average Creatures, Karen Jerzyk. I've loved this project for a long time, and I'll talk more about that later. Karen is an amazing artist and an awesome person. I wanted to let you all know that you can meet Karen and see her work in person at the Manchester Arts Festival in Manchester, New Hampshire, coming up September 17th and 18th. She's going to have the first ever Average Creatures installation with life-size creatures that you can check out and take selfies with. And she's also going to be doing professional 10-minute photo shoots herself that you can sign up for at ManchesterArtsFestival.com, which I'll link in the show notes. We had a blast talking with Karen, and I'm sure you'll have a blast listening. So grab yourself a snack and the beverage of your choice, and enjoy. Is it Jersic? Am I saying that correctly, Karen? Yes, you do. it is Jersic. So <laughs> you should get some kind of award because <laughs> most people don't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, yeah, I was close enough, right? Jersic. Karen Jersic of Average Creatures. Um, she is an awesome photographer. Um, Average Creatures is an Ethereum collection. Um, so I have been a big fan of Average Creatures since I started this whole like peep show venture. Um, when I was like setting up my call channel and everything, I wanted to get my ENS address, which I did, and I wanted to have an avatar to tie to that. And I just came across Average Creatures, luckily, on just like browsing on OpenSea. And um, it just was so cool to me because it really, truly is a unique collection um, being like a mixture of photography and set design and sculpture. Um, It's got this like kind of creepy but cute vibe at the same time. And even the traits are fun. Like they have different occupations and hobbies and like things that they're doing. And um, so I found one that's basically like, was like me it's a it's a Heidi and um so she she looks like a robot like her her body looks like a robot she has gold teeth and she has a crown like a princess so it's basically like me um because I'm a princess and I wear a gold tooth and I like to bot things and she's also in a kitchen and I have a cooking degree right so this has become like my my online my like web three persona. It's everywhere. It's like all over everything I do, um, except for the bubble goose here on Twitter because someone gifted me that, so I've just like kept it whatever. But everywhere else you see me, I am I am Heidi. Um, so thank you, Karen, for that. <laughs> I, I appreciate you uh, giving. Yeah, me- that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then recently you guys um, like made it so that we have the. Is it the commercial rights to the to the IP that we own? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like not being an asshole while I'm doing this either. Like having it all over my podcast and all that stuff. So that's cool too. 
Um, so yeah, so before we get into it, uh, I will let everyone know that this AMA is made possible by Cat's Crypto Peep Show VIP Room Experience, which we launched on August 11th. This is the private area of my Discord where we put community and values first. Um, anyone who auditions is an accepted is and is accepted for VIP by September 8th, which is tomorrow as we're uh, recording this live, receives a 14-day trial and the OG VIP peep roll which you will have forever, even if you cancel and come back later. This gives you special perks and benefits for anything that the Peep Show comes out with in the future, be it NFTs, tokens, etc. And you can find a link to the audition as well as all of the information on VIP in my server, which is discord.gg slash Show in the VIP room channel. So uh, with no further ado, we'll get into the main event, which is Karen and Average Creatures. So I will ask you first, Karen, um, in your own words, what is Average Creatures? All right. So Average Creatures is it's a coll- it's a collection of seven thousand seven hundred thirty four um, different pieces. We actually came up with that number because the collection, pretty much the whole basis of it is. Um, I got a lot of inspiration from like my childhood. So I grew up in the eighties and I grew up watching like Sesame street and Mr. Rogers neighborhood and like Pee Wee's playhouse. And, you know, then you had kind of like all the weird cartoons like Ren and Stimpy. And like, there was like liquid television on MTV for a while. Um, So just kind of a lot of that like eighties and nineties, like pop culture feel. I've, I've always loved that time period in my life. So um, Average Creatures kind of, like, reflect that. It's it's kind of like a mishmash of, like, all the pop culture things I really loved when I was a kid. Um, and I just, like, I feel like, you know, in, in the crypto and the NFT space, there's so many projects. And I, I realize that, like, people do exactly what you were saying. Like, people do kind of like adopt these images to represent them and to kind of just be them in the web three space. So um, they all have like a lot of personality. That was really important to me to, you know, it's, it's kind of funny if they have jobs and, you know, they, they, they have certain hobbies and activities they like to do. And that's just stuff that was kind of like, you know, hidden in the data, but we we figured it'd be a, a fun thing for people to just kind of look at the description and, and just see, you know, these quirky little attributes that they have. But yeah, they're all, um, I handmade all of them. It took me, I think, from like August 2021 to like February 2022 to, to finish um, sculpting all the creatures and I just kind of like went with whatever I didn't really when I make these I didn't really like have anything any set ideas in mind so I just which which was fun because it you know when you're doing kind of like monster type stuff you know there's really no rules or anything so yeah and they all they all have average names and pretty average jobs and um the backgrounds aren't really that average, but, um, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, meant to be like whimsical and kind of reflect that whole like Jim Henson era era of like, you know, like the movie labyrinth and never ending story. And, 
he didn't do never ending story but that was like another one i love so yeah that that's pretty much average creatures in a nutshell nice yeah it's totally whimsical um and actually batman i just remembered as you were describing that he said that they remind like the backgrounds remind him of i spy books like did you did that ever come to your mind like when you're creating them or like when you're putting like the pictures together and whatnot yeah um i actually recently it's funny because i used to love those books when i was younger and then uh just a few years ago i'd say like probably like three or four years ago i had seen um images i think it was on like facebook or something it was some social media platform and i had never considered for some reason i didn't realize it was photography like I think I just considered when I was a kid that it was just drawn or something and they showed, um, I can't remember his name, but he was, he was a photographer and he would like build the tiny sets and they showed like behind the scenes shots. And I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Like this is insane. It was just like so much stuff. And yeah, I, I actually get that a lot. Um, not just with like average creatures, but like the other work I do. Um, cause there's like a lot in it and I, I do like really meticulously like place things in my sets when I'm building sets. I'm like really OCD about that. Like I'll, I'll look at like, you know, even if you can't necessarily see stuff, I'm always thinking like, you know, like just putting like a set of keys in like the corner where if you're looking at the whole picture, especially on a on a phone, you probably won't see it. But to me, I'm always like someone's going to blow this up or zoom in and they're going to see it. So, yeah, I, I get that a lot. That's funny that you mentioned that. That's awesome. Yeah. And you and I are pretty close in age. So like I grew up with the same kind of stuff, like the same movies and shows and Sesame Street and all that shit. So it totally like resonates with me. Um, and you're right. Like I don't, if whoever's watching like live or the recording, one of the pictures in the pin post shows that kitchen I was talking about that set. And I still find stuff like when I look at it in the background that I didn't see before, like someone pointed out, there's like a Jesus picture in there. And I was like, Oh yeah, I didn't see that before. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> all right um so yeah I, I call that grandma's kitchen i i oh yeah totally. look, there's like a like in the back right there's like a calendar i got i remember my grandmother always had like those calendars that just it's like a piece of piece of cloth or something and you just yes. like it has like all 12 months so i think the one i have in that picture is from like 1986 um but yeah, I just pretty much it's a mishmash of like things that like a grandmother would have in her kitchen. It totally is. It's totally a throwback kitchen. Um, so you've been you've been a photographer for quite a quite a while. Um, have you found it manageable uh, to do both your your business before Average Creatures and still uh, manage the project as well? Yeah. Um it's kind of funny like how everything kind of just came together um the pandemic wasn't funny but I mean that plays a huge part in it um I before like right before the pandemic pretty much like I so I'm like a self-employed photographer 
um, I decided to like go all in with it in 2016. I had actually gotten laid off from a really horrible retail job that I had had for years. And I was like, well, this is a sign. Like I should just try to give it a go on my own. So, but it was a struggle. Um, it was just really hard to like book people because I'm, it's not like I'm really doing like, <laughs> I would have families book me for shoots, but that was like few and far between. I'm just, you know, I'm doing what I do is so visually different that, you know, it, it was kind of like a certain niche group of people that I had to find a book for me for shoots. So I was essentially financially making most of my income vending at different events. So I would, I was basically just selling prints um, and I would travel and do that. And um, it was rough, like it, cause you have to pay for like the travel and pay for the prints. And like, so I was, you know, just kind of barely getting by and then COVID shut everything down. And I just remember like when that happened, just like panicking because you know, it went from like, okay, like the things I had scheduled for next month have all been canceled. I guess I'll make it up the next month. And as most of the people listening probably went through the same thing, it's like, then you slowly realize, holy shit, like there isn't a next month. Like this is a long haul thing. What the hell am I going to do? So it's like, Right. So that March of 2020, when everything was shutting down, um, I I was like, I was terrified too. like, I didn't want to get COVID. I take care of my mother who's in her 70s. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring it home to her. And, you know, I also didn't want to get caught doing business as not an essential business because I would have gotten fined. So um, I was like, oh, man, like, how do I like how do how do I create content and still and the other thing is too is I didn't want like a vacation or whatever like I I need to create to like survive just like for my own mental health so um I started taking photos of mannequins and I have like a whole bunch of wardrobe in my studio so like that wasn't the issue it was like their faces I was like what do they what do I do with their faces so around that same time, like within like days of everything shutting down, I go to Michael's craft stores a lot. I always joke around that they should, um, uh, sponsor me, which I should reach out to them because I built all the average creatures with, they have their own like line of stuff. Um, and they have this stuff called clay foam. And that's what I, I like discovered. I was like, what is this? And I, I had never really sculpted or anything, but, um, and that's what kind of what I mean by like, you know, the, the timing was all kind of like weird and kind of like surreal. It's it's because like all of that kind of like came together at the same time. So I discovered this like clay foam stuff and I started playing around with it. And I was like, oh, this is like it's like really light and easy to use. And I was like, OK, I, I can deal with this. And I started making masks for the mannequins that I was shooting. So people have no clue that like for almost like a year my images didn't have real people in them. And I, of course, like do astronaut photos as well. And I would also like dress the mannequins in the astronaut suit. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like the gateway to kind of like stitching together, like what I had been doing 
I always say like pre-NFTs or like pre-average creatures. That's kind of like how that bridge was, you know, kind of put up there. And like, I I think about it all the time. I'm like, if those pieces weren't there, like if there was no shutting down of everything, like if there was no pandemic or if I like hadn't listened to the right people telling me to, you know, hey, you should check out this NFT thing. Like the whole average creatures thing, like absolutely never would have happened. Um, and I think too, like at at that point um, in 2020, I had it. I got into NFTs in January 2021, so I, I was unaware of the space at that time. And I think I would have been afraid. Like if it wasn't for the NFT space, I would have been afraid to complete do something that different like stray so far from the path of what was working for me before you know like I I think I just would have been scared about like time and the money and like are people gonna like this and who's the audience gonna be for this so um so yeah the transition was actually like just luck and yeah like perfect (laughs) perfect timing in history I guess to kind of um bridge that gap between what you know my quote-unquote normal photography what I was doing before and the whole average creatures thing and it I even now like I you know it's kind of split 50 50 um I make sure like I I have to be better at time management so I'm like more aware of it now like okay like I have to go out and do you know what I normally do but then I have to also dedicate this amount of time to average creatures this week and you know so far it's it's been fine and I actually love that I got the opportunity to kind of start doing something different um because it's it's something I know I've always kind of wanted to pursue but I never had the means to before the nft space yeah I can I can relate there as well like if it weren't for the pandemic, I wouldn't be doing like a crypto AMA right now. <laughs> you know, like for the last year, this has been like my my world and like you know, the the happenings of all that kind of made the market do what it did and yeah. So, that's really cool. Um, but you you have been like interested in photography for longer or you know, you've been doing doing it for longer. Um, so did you, you started like right out of college, right? Actually doing photography. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I actually went to college and got a BA in English. Um, I guess like it, that was just because I really like, I was like, you know, you're, we're essentially kids when we have to choose, like, you're going to go to college and choose what you want to do for the rest of your life. And at the time I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I really wanted to go to film school, but I mean, so I graduated high school in 99 and that's kind of before like the online classes and all that were really a thing. And like higher education then certainly like wasn't affordable, not really saying it is now, but it was like really bad back then. And um, so I really wanted to go to film school and I got into a few, but just in terms of like, you know, the financial aid and stuff, like it, it just wasn't 
smart to do i mean some of these schools were like 200 grand a year to go to oh Um, yeah i remember those (laughs) oh yeah yeah like i applied to like emerson and boston and new york university and i got into most like i was lucky i i got accepted to most of what i applied for but yeah it's like then we you know i sat down with my parents and we did the breaking down of the price and it was like uh i don't want to and they knew like you know, it wasn't smart for me to be saddled with that kind of that kind of weight after I graduated in terms of having to pay that back. So my my next thing that I was interested in was I, I liked I loved reading. I liked to write. Um, so I was like, I guess I don't, I'll go for English. Um, so, yeah, I went for that. I didn't really do much with it um, in terms of like a career. I actually didn't do anything with it in terms of a career. But um yeah, I graduated in 2003. But like while I was in college, I, I was like, I got really into like going to like concerts, um, big ones, small ones, whatever. I just, because college was weird. It was just, I didn't, I didn't really like vibe with any of the people there. It was, it was like really clicky. And I was kind of like, I was different. You know, I was more of like an art kid. And so I like to me going to concerts, not only did I, you know, I like the bands that I was seeing, but I was also like meeting people and making friends with, you know, more like-minded people. So I, I started like sneaking cameras, like in my underwear to concerts. Um, I don't even know why I was doing that. I think it was, it was more of a like, Oh, again, I was like young too, you know, at this point I'm like 18 years old. So it's like, Oh, cool. I have like, these memories of like how close I was to these bands and I was like right in front of the stage and you know I would sometimes go get to the venue like hours before so I could wait in line to make sure I was like right up front so um so that's kind of where like the photography thing started and also like while I was in college I was kind of like messing around with like photoshop and stuff and my my parents noticed that so when I graduated, they had given me my first digital camera. Um, so I started using that when I was going to concerts. And, like, I, I would bring my camera wherever I could in terms of concerts. And, like, even, like, you know, going to little, like, dive bars or whatever to see a band play. It's like they, they didn't care if you brought a camera. So, um I I eventually like I noticed I was like wow I I pretty much have like a portfolio now so I started reaching out to bands like publicists and their managers and all that and I I started getting photo passes and um I like at the height of me shooting like I I would shoot everything like I'm into like a lot of like kind of like underground like metal and hardcore and stuff like that but I would shoot like more known bands like I shot kiss live i shot aerosmith live metallica um so that was really cool but like after a while i was kind of getting like a little disenchanted with it i i think it wasn't that i wasn't having fun but i was like okay i'm like doing all this traveling and like spending all this money like going to these venues and i like wasn't getting paid like i was pretty much just doing it for fun Um, and I realized like, A, I wasn't really making any money. I was losing money and I was becoming an adult. So that really wasn't, you know, working out and B, there was just something like missing for me when I was doing it. Um, and I think 
I think at the time I didn't realize what was missing, but in hindsight, I know it was just like the creativity, you know, it's like if, if people are playing on stage, you can't, you get what you get. Like you take the picture of whatever they're doing, but you have no control over it. Um, so from like 2003 to like 2009, all I did was like concert photography. And then in 2009, I had a friend kind of, steer me in the way of like shooting you know portraits and you know photographing models and stuff and um that's kind of what led me on the path to where I am now um and I kind of just made that transition from shooting concerts all the time to really getting into photographing people gotcha now I I love music too. And I love going to concerts. Um, slowed down a bit past couple of years, but I still love it. I heard in a space recently, and I don't know if this was true that you, um, that you went and shot Limp Biscuit. And I don't know if that was a joke, but I'm like listening to Limp Biscuit again because of that, uh, that Woodstock 99 fucking documentary. Like I watched that thing twice, like all the way through. <laughs> back to back because it was like oh my gosh this brings back like so many memories but did you really go shoot Limp Biscuit recently no oh my god so I I have like this okay so here's the thing is that like so the music like I got really into it it, it, the people were so like snooty so like I started out like when I started listening to quote-unquote heavier music I started listening to like Corn and Limp Bizkit and whatever and then I there was a friend that was like no 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 that that's not heavy music he was like this is heavy music and like it was like a totally but the thing and like I remember like all the like hardcore like straight edge kids or whatever like if you said you listened to like Slipknot or Limp Bizkit or like Corn you would be like exiled like that was like the worst thing you could do but like honestly like what the ironic thing is now is most of those people now admit to the entire time having listened to like Limp Bizkit and stuff they just I know, right? you know it was like an elitist like so I have like this weird like I will still listen to Limp Bizkit like I like they're dude it's not that bad stuff. I used to clown yeah. on them for years too like I haven't yeah. I hadn't voluntarily listened to Limp Bizkit in like at least a decade <laughs> or you know probably two decades or something I, so I think Fred Durst is just like hilarious I don't know if he means to be or like <laughs> but like it's just like one of my friends recently she she bought it off Etsy I think it was it wasn't my birthday it was her Christmas she got me um this needlepoint thing and it says live love limp biscuit no laugh love limp biscuit um <laughs> but yeah I I think we were just probably joking about that I've never photographed them I okay. actually <laughs> I would love to um yeah like of course and just throwing this out there too is I tell everyone this and like no one watches it and I'm like oh come on so Fred Durst a couple years ago directed a movie and John Travolta's in it and it it's so it's so bad it's genius like you do you know the movie the room like they actually made a movie about the movie there was this movie that they made it was it was in the 90s it's called the room 
And it was literally, they call it the worst movie ever made, but it's so bad that it's like quotable. And it like got James Franco was actually in a movie about that movie. So the Fred Durst one. So the Fred Durst one is called the fanatic. And I think it's the fanatic. Yeah. And, um, I say that to everyone. I was like, this is this decades, the room. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it should have like a cult following. It's just, it's so bad. Like I just, please God, everyone just go watch it. It is. You will not be disappointed. Like, yeah. In terms I'm going to have to watch that. Um, it's just, and it's like, I know he took himself like seriously as a director of that and doesn't know like, doesn't know why it should like he probably thinks like oh i made this like masterpiece and probably doesn't know why outsiders think it's a masterpiece but yeah please check it out like just (laughs) comedy wise it's it's just pure gold i definitely will and yeah i totally agree i can see him like thinking it's like this serious like piece of (laughs) cinema that he's made that is too funny. Well, I wanted to ask you, so you were gifted that camera, that first digital camera you got. Do you recall what, like, the make and model of it was? Oh, yeah. So it was a Fuji Fine Picks. I think it was a 3200. Um, and it was, like, three megapixels. And back then, like, three megapixels was, like, a huge deal. It's like, because right. I actually saw so around that time, right after I graduated from college, I started working at Best Buy and I sold cameras. Um, so I remember like selling that camera as well, like when I was working and yeah, like, and then like the next year, like the threshold was like four megapixels and people were like, Oh my God, like you can print an eight by 10 with this. And now it's like so ridiculous. Like I, I'm actually looking this is ironic too that you asked that because I was looking in the, I want to shoot with a medium format camera. I never have before. And I've been kind of like looking into getting one and um, someone, one of the devs on the average creatures team just went out and they shot for Fuji with Fuji equipment. Um, his friend is like sponsored by them, I believe. And um, so I'm ironically looking to get back in a Fuji again. So it's funny you asked that. Good timing. Nice. That's very nice. Yeah, I remember those cameras, man. And like America, America Online or whatever it was. Like just. Oh my god, I love AOL. <laughs> like I that always whole... say Spaces and like Clubhouse, like Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse. Yeah, it gives me that vibe of AOL, yeah. like how it's the chat rooms, and it's like I think that's why it did so well. Is oh, I don't know what the younger people like, you know, people that are like twenty because they never really experience the whole AOL thing. But for me, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I've been missing for so many years. Yeah, like uh, Yahoo chat I used to do a lot of, too. And we used to do voice chat. Oh, my gosh. Those were the days. That was like a right, right around 2003, too. Um, all right. So, Karen, you sometimes shoot in abandoned places. And uh, some of your tweets actually talk about how you uh, have occasionally trespassed to get your shots. And I understand one of these occasions, or maybe a couple of them, caused quite a fuss. Would you like to elaborate on uh, this trespassing thing? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, 
yeah so i i trespass a lot um and it's it's that whole i forgot how that term goes it's what it's easier to ask forgiveness and permission which is so true um it's funny though so i i live in new hampshire so i'm in the northeast of the united states and people around here like within like a 600 mile radius it's so hard to get permission and i and i've tried and there are a lot of places i get permission to but like it's like the further you go out west or down south people are just like oh yeah whatever do whatever you want i don't know the northeast is really like uptight um and i think i think a lot of people are like in are embarrassed of you know if they own the land they kind of don't want you to see their like dirty secrets of you know, look at this entire house that I let just go to shit. So I I do kind of understand that. And obviously, like, liability. Although I always tell people, like, I'll get insurance for the shoot. But so, yeah, um, back in 2014, I... So I've been trespassing probably since around, like, 2009 for photos. Um, So in 2014... I finally got caught, but caught in a way that I knew was coming. Like I, you know, I had gotten ticketed and caught by the cops before that. And it was never a big deal. And it's funny because everyone's always like, what's, what's the worst that can happen if you're trespassing? And I tell them this exact story. So yeah, I I was getting too ballsy. Uh, Like it, I mean, at, at points I was doing ridiculous shit. Like we were breaking into like prisons where some of the prison was abandoned and some of it wasn't. It's like, I think back oh on God. it now and I'm like, what the hell was <laughs> I thinking? Like, like people get crazy with the whole, like, and I had to like kind of back away from a lot of those people. Cause they are like, like I was getting talked into doing shit where, yeah, it's like, Oh my God. Like, what was I thinking? But so yeah I knew my day was coming like I knew I was gonna get caught someday and that was gonna be bad but like in my wildest dreams I never thought what happened was gonna happen so essentially there was these um there was these models they were from down south and they were in my area so I was like oh yeah I know of a perfect place we can go in New Hampshire like it's 20 minutes away from me um and the place I originally wanted to bring them was, it was, it was an amazing house with like, I'm really like picky about where I go to like the houses. Like, um, I, I find a lot of houses that have like everything left in them. Um, because that allows me, cause typically what I do is I, I'll, you know, I'll go in and I'll, I'll clean up and I'll start like setting furniture up and stuff. So I actually like do a little like, kind of like, I don't want to say set design, but yeah, sort of like dressing a set, I guess, with just the stuff that's in there. So um, we went to this house that I had shot at quite a few times before, and I hadn't been there for like a month or so. And in between me being there last, they had prepped it for demolition. And I was like, ah, shit, because like, at that point there was like no furniture left um they had stripped the walls so like all the really cool like wallpaper it it just i was like shit this sucks we can't shoot here um so i was like okay i know of another house um and it's another house that i had been to several times and i was like let's just go there and that was like that was probably like 40 minutes away at this point from where we were so we go to this house um this house was in Hollis, New Hampshire. So it's kind of like, 
kind of like a rural, like a lot of farmland and all that. And I'd been in this house before and this house was like literally. So one of the times I went in, it was so rotted that I could just pull the window out of the, like out of the house. I don't even like the whole window frame just pulled off. It was, it was like taking a, a hot knife out of butter. It was just that rotted. Um, there was also like trees growing in the living room because there was, there was holes in the roof and then a hole in the floor. So oh, that's like, awesome. yeah, it was really <laughs> cool, but it also had like a ton of cool stuff in it. Like it was packed. Like it, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like every room was full of three feet of shit. Think of like hoarders, honestly, where you have to like walk on shit to walk around. Um, yeah. so we went there, we took pictures and the the whole time it's funny I have like this like sixth sense I, I started getting antsy and I always tell myself when I get that feeling it's time to go and this one time I didn't listen to that feeling um they had never really been in in a place like that before so after we took photos they were like this is so cool and like they were looking around because like like whoever lived there, like all their information's there. It looks like they were just abducted by aliens. When you go into these places, it's actually really creepy. Cause it's like, what happened where everything is just there, but the yeah. people aren't. I always um, wonder that even when I see like pictures of abandoned places, I'm like, where are these people? Like, what yeah, is the yeah. story behind this? Yeah. And that's the thing when you're in there, you can figure it out or you can at least like, and it is interesting. And I, and I love doing that, like kind of like looking through like their paperwork and looking through the drawers and like, um, I mean, that kind of makes me sound like a creep, but whatever it's, it's interesting. So they, they were looking around and I got that feeling like, man, we got to get out of here. And I was like, no, just, just let them have their fun. We'll stay a few more minutes we leave the house, we're walking in front of the house, and we're we're on a road where there's nothing for, like, a, a, like, there's no, no reason why we would be on this road. It's, like, a long, you know, rural road. There's, like, no stores or anything. So we're walking to where um, the person that was driving parked their car. One of the models drove, and um, as we're, like, walking away from the house, I see this giant truck pass us and then i hear them behind us pull into the into the driveway of this house and i instantly was like oh shit i instantly knew i knew there was a caretaker of the house or someone watching it because when i would go there like i went there probably like five times there was little things that were changed um so i figured like there's someone definitely just looking at the property or whatever um so we run to the car we get in the car she takes off this guy in his giant black truck it was kind of like a horror movie he was like right on our asses he was like an inch from her bumper and we're going like 50 through like these farm roads oh my um, god she's like he's right behind me and i'm like oh my god holy shit like i don't know what to do like um 
I had also taken Polaroid. They One of them brought a Polaroid camera, and I had taken Polaroids, and I'm like, oh, my God, fuck. This is, like, physical. Like, you can easily hide a memory card, which I did. Like, I... <laughs> That, that was, like, one thing you always should do, like, if you're trespassing before you leave, you swap your memory cards and you put the evidence in, like, your sock or something. So I switched the memory cards and I was like, holy shit, what do I do with these Polaroids? So I just ended up, like, stuffing them under her seat. Um, and then probably, like, a minute later, she was like, there's a cop right behind us. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that guy was, like, on the phone with the cops telling them like exactly where we were so the cop pulls us over and right before he pulled us over i was like guys keep it simple super fucking simple i was like seriously just say we didn't go in we took a few pictures outside they sucked and we moved on i was like that's all you did like don't muddy it up like just that's all you gotta say so um it was like, oh man, it was in August and it was like so hot out. And this cop was like separating us. It was so funny. So we couldn't hear what the other person was saying. Um, so he would like walk us like literally like a quarter of a mile down the road, question one of us, bring us back, grab the other person, walk down. Um, all our stories checked out. He, the owner of the property ended up going back to it to check it out. And the cop called him and he was like, well, nothing's stolen or whatever. So it just worked out perfectly that the cop had to let us go. I instantly, when we got in uh, the person's car, I deleted any photos I knew I had from taking pictures in there prior. um, Because I had a feeling, like I had a gut feeling where this was going. Um, Unfortunately, someone had taken like a bunch of my photos and made a folder on pinterest like a karen jerzyk photography folder oh, and shit. some of that the was pictures... like the evidence folder right there yes exactly <laughs> so i um i get home that night and i'm like holy shit wow i just dodged a huge bullet like when the cop left us go he literally was like i don't believe you guys but he was like, I don't like I he's like, I'm only letting you go because of the way this worked out. Like he didn't have evidence we were in there and like whatever. So the next day I'm at work and I get a message on my phone and I'm like, oh, so I listen to the message and it's the cop. And he's like, you have to call me back. Um I, we have to discuss some things about, you know, some activity in our town or something like that. And I was like, oh, man. like, And I, honest to God, thought it was, like, that I was getting blamed for something else or something. I was like, this can't have anything to do with the other day. I was like, right. what is going on? Yeah. So I called him and I asked, like, I don't understand, like, what's going on? And he was like, you, you have to turn yourself in. And I was like what he's and he was like you have to come down here and like talk to me or or otherwise i'm putting out a warrant for your arrest and i was like what oh my god yeah (laughs) so of course i was working at best buy at the time so like an idiot i had my friend drive me um to the police station and i was still wearing my best buy shirt um which ended up becoming a meme so uh, I'll explain that after. Um, but so 
I I go I turn myself in I go there he brings me to the interrogation room this is, so this is where I start getting treated like yeah like a murderer <laughs> I literally like I was just like this is ridiculous so he brings me into the interrogation room and he has me like sweated out there like I'm sitting in there for like 20 minutes and then he comes in, doesn't say a word to me, and he dramatically... I think he was pissed that we lied to him. Like, whatever, dude. Oh, of course, so, he like, hurt his ego. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and he tried doing, like, the good cop. But this dude was such an idiot. Um, but so he starts, like, dramatically um, putting images that I had taken in that house on the interrogation table. Oh, my and God. At that, I at wish that point, this was, like, videotaped. Oh my god. Oh my god. I never thought of that. It must have been if it was like, oh man, I wish I right. could get that footage. But like at that point like, okay, obviously like I know now I can't get out of this. So I I literally just admitted everything to this asshole. I was like, "Yep, I you got me. Like what? I was there. Like I've taken pictures in there before." But the, it's like I'm admitting it, and he keeps it going. Like he 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 literally was like, you know, I when I looked up your pictures at first, because he Google searched me, because he was really bothered that he had to let us go enough for him to like go home right. and like start searching me. Right. And that's how he that's how he found the Pinterest shit. Um, and he knew he knew the photos of the inside of the house because, and this is something I always thought. So, like, I clean up and shit. I do the opposite of what you would think someone would do if they're, like, trespassing. So I always wondered, like, what do these people that own this property think when they go in and it's cleaned? Like, I'm actually, you know what I, it's, like, probably kind of creepy. So apparently this dude, like, because I, I had taken photos there before, and that, that place was trash, so I did a lot of cleaning. Um so I guess the owner would call them like, cause I was there like five times. So he called them like three or four times. And I guess he was like, I don't know if I'm losing my mind if I have to go to the hospital, but like, I just went into my property and like, it's all cleaned. And like, so the cops, I guess would have to go in there and take pictures as evidence. So they were basically taking pictures of what I set up. So, like, that's how he knew that those pictures that he saw on Pinterest were that house is because he had already been in there several times. Um, so, yeah, I was like, yep, I've been in there before or whatever. And he was like, you know, I, I was going to uh, I was going to even hire you as a photographer for my family. But I was like, what are you talking about? No, you weren't. He was doing the whole. Uh, it, but it's like, dude, I've already admitted to you everything. So then he like. He, like, brought me into – I was in this, like, cage, like, from the interrogation room to a cage where they, like, question you. Like, you sit down, and, like, I, I have a ton of tattoos, and he's, like – but my tattoos are, like – like, one of my legs is, like, a Mario Brothers, like, whole themed, and he's, like, are any of your tattoos gang-related? I'm, like, you mean the Mario Brothers ones? Or, like, <laughs> oh like what are you talking about? Um, so it was all super dramatic. Um, so I leave eventually. Like, I, my friend bails me out, whatever. I leave. And I was just like, okay, like, this isn't a big deal, whatever. Fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go to court and pay a fine. Like, that's normally what happens. So then the next day, I get 
another voice message and the funny thing about this is like I had had like an image published in um, Cosmopolitan that the magazine. So like my mother was like so excited about that. So she had like gone out to get Chinese food to like celebrate. So my mother's out getting the Chinese food and I'm listening to this phone call from a guy named Trent Spinner, which sounds like a name you would make up for like an anchorman movie, like character, Um, And he's saying how he's from WMUR News, which is like a news station in my area. And he would like to tell he would like to ask me questions about what happened in Hollis. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, no way. This I his name was like too perfect for like a news person. So I I literally (laughs) for like a few minutes, I was like, this has to be one of my friends just like fucking with me. Like, just, uh, I don't know why, I just, but then I, like, Google search this dude's name, and I realize that he's a real guy that really works for this news station, and my heart literally, like, just sank to the floor. Um, So I gave him a call, and I was like, "Uh, hi, I got a voice message from you, like, I don't understand what's going on, like, why is this such a big deal? And he, like, started talking, and I was like, I'm not answering, like, any of your questions. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say to you. Like, I, I at, at this point, I hadn't gotten a lawyer because, again, like, I'm expecting to just go to court and pay a ticket. So, like, right. I, I knew enough to be like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to incriminate myself if I, like, don't speak to someone who can be like, don't talk about that, you idiot. So, yeah, so before he hangs up, he was like, yeah, okay, well, we're running the piece at 5 o'clock, and it was, like, 4.40. I was like, holy shit. Like, I literally, like, I thought my head was going to explode. I can't even tell you, like, the, just the the panic. And so my mother comes home with the Chinese food. I felt so bad for her. And, like, she's still holding the Chinese food. And I'm like, I need to tell you something. And she was like, what? I was like, I got arrested. She was like, what? And I was like, and it's going to be on the news in, like, 20 minutes. And she literally just, like, dropped the bags of Chinese food and, like, went into her bedroom and just sat on the bed, like, all comatose. And I was like it's gonna be fine oh, no. like you'll be fine like it, i'll get through this like whatever um and she it was funny because she was like what are they gonna show i don't understand like what do they have from you and all i could think of was like oh fuck my mugshot." um so yeah they for some reason ran that story like morning noon and night for almost like a week oh my god um, but it was it's so I still rack my brain about it to this day like I don't know if someone was trying to destroy me or if they're trying to help me or if they just I mean I'm assuming news stations have someone that just reads like all the arrests and stuff and they're looking for because I had totally I had shot like nude photos and stuff in there before so like the ability to sensationalize that like and and like news case there was yeah like basically (laughs) there was like newspapers around here that were making it seem like i was like shooting porn in a family of fours like house like i just broke down the door and was like i'm shooting porn in here fuckers like um but the news segment on the actual tv news actually wasn't that bad and 
at one point they showed someone's hands dramatically typing in my website and that was like (laughs) the key like that um so like I would never want to go through that shit again because obviously like it found its way to the internet and people were saying horrible things about me the people in the photo you know how the internet is it can just be gross oh yeah um so I I wouldn't want to endure that again yeah but in hindsight that honestly was like the best thing to ever happen to me because and like other news stations started picking it up so it was like almost like a commercial to me so if anyone's wondering i i was a 600 dollars fine after all this so it's like i paid 600 dollars to have like like the best marketing cover it yeah exactly <laughs> some people actually were like conspiracy theorists about it they were like she probably did this just to get on the it's like no but um so yeah it, it was crazy so and like yeah, I was, like, so scared at the time. And it, it's funny because I got arrested. It was, like, August 26th. It's funny because I this is the time of year where I look at my Facebook, like, on this day. And I'm like, oh, boy, for that year. But um, I got arrested in August 26th. And my court date wasn't until October 15th. Like, usually it's, like, two weeks unless you're, like, again, like, a murderer did something, like, horrible that you have to wait that long in between going to court. So I was definitely, like, sweating bullets, though, because I was, like, oh, my God, they're making an example out of me. And that's around the time the whole, like, urban exploration thing was, like, really becoming popular. So I was, like, they're going to try to end it by using me as an example. Um, And... So all that all that bullshit kind of calmed down like pretty much at the end of September, early October. And then when I went to court, I got to court early that day. I'm sitting outside the courtroom because they hadn't opened up uh, court yet. And I see a film crew there. And at this point, I had gotten a lawyer because I'm like, fuck, they're going to they're going to like drag me through like whatever. Um. And yeah, so my lawyer, he's like, I'll be right back. He he goes and talks to the film crew. I can't hear what they're saying. He comes back and he's like, yeah, they're here for you. And I was like, fuck. I was like, can we just stop with the TV shit? I was like, why? Like, why are they here? So I had to like, I was like nervous to go to court. But on top of being nervous, there's like a film crew like right in my face. You can find all this too. If you like, if you like Google searches, you can like find all the videos. But uh, like, this is going to be with me the rest of my life which is fine but yeah so it was on tv again and then that whole cycle of bullshit started all over um yeah it it was crazy so like yeah whenever someone's like oh and like even people i know like they know what i went through they still like if we go place it like i'm super careful like i i do every precaution i can to not get caught and like people still they're like what it's whatever it's and i'm like no it's not whatever like i you know what could happen to you like i unless they want to go through that shit but yeah so that's what can happen kids like nice that's an amazing story yeah some people just have to learn the hard way not you but the people who know the story and are still like eh, whatever (laughs) what's the worst that could happen But no, that that is that was an amazing story. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, 
So uh, moving on to average creatures specifically. Um, so each each creature is handmade with, oh, by the way, you should be sponsored by Michaels. You should get what's the clay foam or something you said. Every time someone uses clay foam or something, you should get you should get a cut of it, I think, Karen. But uh, so every average creature is handmade. You use like mannequins. Um, you you created the sets and they were all photographed. So how, well, you did kind of touch on this. Um, you said it took you from August of 2021 to February of 2022 to like the whole process. But uh, like each creature, like how long did it take from start to finish uh, to like make those? Um, yeah, so I was contacted August 2021 by um, my friend Raul. We hadn't really known each other that well at that point. Um, we were supposed to work on, like, a film together in, like, 2015 with a mutual friend, and that kind of just fell through. But we stayed on each other's Facebook, so um, he had messaged me one day. It was, it was like, early August at that point. He was like, hey... Um, I noticed you're in like in, in the NFT space. Did you ever think of doing a generative project? And like, I had like, obviously like at that point I had already known the mechanics of it. Cause like board apes were already out and a bunch of other projects. And, um, so I understood like, you know, the, the basic mechanics of how they were doing it and all that. But I didn't know how the work I had been doing up to that point would like lend itself to a, to a generative project. So I was like, yes, the answer is yes, but I need, let me like think of how we're going to do this. And all I could think about is I kept going back to like, yeah, like me, like sculpting those masks. And I'm, I'm, I'm really quick when I sculpt too. Um, I just recently put up like a stop animation. It's like a, it's like a full size head type. It's like a, a full size mannequin. Oh, it's um, so cool. Is the one that yeah, you tweeted so the other day? Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. took me like a night to do from start to finish. Like I sculpted it. Um, I let it dry out for like an hour. I painted it and then I, you know, did like a hundred pictures of it moving. And um, so I can do stuff. For, and that's like, that's like full size. Um, most of the average creatures are like the size of like a softball. Um, some wow, are, really? Know, little, yeah. So some are like a little smaller. Some... There's a few, there's probably like five that can be worn on a person's head because those are, some of those I had already like, it's cool too because some of them I have like actual pictures of from like traveling and stuff. Um, so like there's a robot head that it can fit on a human size head, but yeah, primarily like 90% of them are like softball size. So um, I could do... I could do like three of those a day, but some, you know, sometimes I do them and, you know, I'd make three, but one of them I, I, I would mess up on or um, it was definitely like a huge learning curve. So yeah, when, when he asked me about it, I came back to them with, yeah, I, I think I know how I'm going to do this. And I just sent them a simple sketch of like, you know, I'll, I'll make all these backgrounds and the backgrounds are like, primarily on 12 by 12 inch um cardboard and the bodies are life-size like mannequin bodies and some of them are actually people the ones with like the hands in them and everything those are like f you know friends that are dressed up but um 
Yeah, and then and then so in in when you think about it, like I I was worried. It's funny too because I'm like anti Photoshop, like anti like I I'm huge into practical effects. It goes back to that whole '80s like Jim Henson type thing where everything you know the sets were made and they were real and the costuming was real. Um, and, and it's I, I think about it now and I'm like it's funny that I even went through with that because if you would have told me like several years ago like you're going to do images and all the images are just going to be like randomly placed together I would be like fuck no like I'm not that doesn't make sense I'm not doing that but it's also hard like when you're doing a generative project and photographing it because the light on every element has to be the same and when you're shooting it at like different times of the day and they're different sizes and you know, that that's like a hard feat to kind of, to kind of overcome. So, but yeah, it, it all went like, like really luckily it went well. Um, and we really didn't have any issues. And I think a lot of people like at first when we were telling people about the project, they, a lot of people didn't think it was going to, it was going to work because I think I'm pretty sure at that point, the only other photography generative project was food Masku, um, who we actually, we actually use one of their um, assets for uh, one of the creatures, but yeah, food Masku, I I've been like a huge fan since I, I was first in the space. Um, th I believe they did the very first photography project. Um first generative photo photography project so yeah I, I wasn't really worried that it was going to work out I just I, I tried not to worry about it because I was like I made all of this stuff and if I put all this time and like my own funds into this and it doesn't work I don't know what I'm going to do um so I just I didn't really put any thought into like any of the failures or what could go wrong I just did it like every night I would go to my studio um i watched like every season of eastbound and down i'd already seen it oh just... my gosh i love eastbound and down <laughs> yep kenny powers <laughs> yes um so i would just like that i remember um i also went i went through so many seasons of so much stuff um i watched are you afraid of the dark it's so bad oh, yeah. watching it as an adult <laughs> um but yeah i would just sit there and just make 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 shit and like you know, I'd be making one thing, waiting for paint to dry on another thing. Um, and that was basically from August to December, like early December. And then around December 7th of 2021, everyone on the team. So our team, we have people from um, Raul's in Virginia, but he's originally from El Salvador. But we have a bunch of people in El Salvador. Um, another dev is in Canada. Uh, and we've all met, which is really cool. Um, so most of the team came to my studio and we did a lot of the like preliminary like shooting. There there was things made and photographed after that point, but we knocked out a lot of it, you know, just in terms of like the lighting and testing stuff. And the first test we did, it was just, like we were and we actually December so when they came around December 7th we had we didn't have a name for it yet um and we were thinking like kicking around like using the word monsters or like you know monsters creatures whatever but that that's kind of like all we had and then we did the first test of it and like put 
the elements together the head the background the body and we were all cracking up like it looks so good but it looked funny because there was something there was something about like the bodies being like human mannequins and like the outfits i have like i have there's a bunch of like leisure suits and it's it's a lot of like the wardrobe i have is like a lot of like 60s and 70s type stuff so um it kind of gave these creatures like almost like a a human-esque type feel um so we were laughing and we were like they kind of look like normal people like like that would like go to like their used car salesman job and be like i hate this job and um and that was like that was like the best surprise that we could have gotten in terms of like how the head and the body kind of went together because that like that just solidified everything it's like because we were saying that whole like average person thing and then we're like oh my god we should call it average creatures and that's kind of how we came up with the ideas of like they have, you know, normal kind of mundane jobs and, you know, normal like hobbies. And so, yeah, that that's kind of how that went. But that, yeah, I'll never forget like that first test we did. We were like, this looks hilarious. Nice. And so, yeah, you mentioned watching shows while you do that. So you were watching Ren and Stimpy the other night where you made – um that one sculpture and the 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 stop animation um do you get inspired often to just do stuff like that like in your free time i'm assuming that was just like something you did for fun right i mean i think (laughs) yeah i um it drives me insane because i actually like like at night when i want to sleep lately really bad um i have like insomnia because i i constantly I like can't shut it off like the thinking um so it's like I I always I always have a notebook um I do a lot of workshops too and I always tell people keep a notebook and don't just write it in your phone like actually write it down in a notebook like kind of like organize it but I have like notebooks of ideas and just like even what I did the other night like I'm still like minting it you know because they're and that's a that's the thing that's so great about the web three space and NFTs is like, I used to do like just one minute clips of my sets. I was doing it. Cause a lot of people were like, this isn't real. Like you're Photoshopping this. I'm like, no, I'm building these sets. So I would do video to kind of try to like prove it. Um, which didn't end up really helping, but I, I'm a huge, like, I get a lot of inspiration from like just movies and yeah, movies, cartoons, whatever. Um, so I, I just love filming. Like I, I, I've done like music videos and, you know, I've helped on movies here and there for different reasons. And um, so I was always like, Oh, I just, I just want to have that movement. Like I just want to have, so I have like, I had like years of like, these one minute clips from my shoots. And I was like, I have no clue what to do with these. And then it's like the NFT space comes along and I'm like, Oh my God, I, this is like the perfect venue for this. Like they're like one minute clips that I can loop. And, you know, I didn't, I'm calling them clips, but I actually put like time, I edited them and put, you know, time and thought and everything into, into it. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the space like makes it so 
I feel like it's weird because I feel like a lot of people, like I've tried to tell my friends that aren't, don't really consider themselves artists just to join this space. Because if you create something, I feel like in web three, you have a way better outlet for someone actually valuing what you make, even if you don't consider yourself like a serious artist. Um, And I, you know, I, I, prove this point once i'm probably getting off track here but i did a video of my cats one saturday morning at our sink um and it was just shot with a cell phone uh i did like a minor editing on it i maybe put like some music on it and stuff um it was just like a minute clip and i put it up on foundation and someone ended up collecting it because they probably like cats or whatever. Just, there's just something they liked about it. So, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, you said the hobby thing or whatever. And it's like, I love the fact that I can just create stuff. And, you know, I am putting the time into it. But, you know, it can be quick things that I can do in a night. And someone can still come along and, like, appreciate it. And there's like a, a place for it and there's like a venue for it. And, and that's, that's why I'm like, I'm just, you know, I, I love onboarding people into this space because of that. You know, I, I feel like there's just way more potential for people. And there's, there's a lot more people that just appreciate creators on all sorts of levels in this space. Nice. So yeah, you said a couple of things. So one is that you do workshops and I didn't know that. Um, are those, do you do those like online or in person? So I was doing them in person. Um, and the workshops would, it, it would be different. Like I went to like B and H photo once and I, I did, that was more of like a talk. Um, so some of my workshops are like hands on. So, um, what I was doing for, for years is I would open it up to like four photographers and cause yeah, I, I, I don't want to have too many people because then it's just kind of like chaotic. So, um, I actually did some at other locations too before, but primarily I would do them in person at my studio. And like, like I said, um, I have tons of wardrobe. I have tons of props and sets and pretty much anything anyone could want you know if they're especially if they're trying to build their portfolio so yeah I would do like you know like six hour workshops and you know we'd break for lunch and all that and I would get someone that we could all photograph and part of it would be us just sitting down and me talking about like you know how do you my main goal is to help people like when you think of an idea how do you actually do it for and and I I realize like after people always asking me like do you do workshops like for me I just go out and do it like I I don't really think about it or have to like struggle with uh how am I going to do this I I always make it work but I quickly started to realize that like a lot of people just you know they'll they'll think of an idea but they have no clue where to start like how do I do this? How do I do this? Where do I go? Where do I get this wardrobe? I don't even know where to look. So like, you know, I'll, I'll take them through the steps of like, you know, sketch your idea out. And this is, these are good places and good ways to source wardrobes anywhere from 
physically going somewhere to ordering stuff on the internet and all that. And, and then another big part of the day is actually helping them like, you know, build the set in my studio and kind of, you know, dressing up the, the model and wardrobe and kind of having it cohesively come together to tell their story. So, and then sometimes I would just give like, kind of like lectures or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you asked that because we're, we're revamping our site um, on average creatures and we're actually going to have like token gated like courses and stuff. So if Ooh. you know if people hold, yeah. So if people hold a creature um, and this kind of started because I, I was um, some of my team saw, I had done a, a lesson on uh, the website hit record. It's, it's actually Joseph Gordon Levitt's site. Um, I love that site. I really wish they would incorporate NFTs into it somehow. But so hit record is it's it's a collaborative site. So um, primarily I upload my photos and then someone comes along and animates it and then someone comes along and puts music to it. And then so it's basically like all these different creators like making projects basically and adding their touch to it and oh, wow that's so cool yeah it's really cool i love that site and it's such a positive site like there's no bullshit like everyone is there to like you know be friends there's like no competitiveness or whatever um so for a while like they were doing classes and um a few months ago, I actually like filmed, I, I did a, a course of how to use force perspective. Like, so I made a robot that was probably like a foot and a half tall, but I, I showed like how you can arrange that in a way where if you go out and take a photo of it and a person next to it, it looks like the robot is like three stories high. Um, so someone from my the dev team on Average Creatures saw that and they were like, oh, you should like keep doing that. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And because of the pandemic, like I wasn't really doing workshops or anything. But yeah, so we're going to we're going to start doing like topics, like stuff like that. And obviously, like asking people like, hey, if you want me to talk about a topic, like, you know, a topic, we'll, we'll break it down. So it's not like, oh, here's a huge long six hour video so um uh, kind of almost like our own like not master classing but there there's different websites where you can kind of it's like a a la carte type thing where you know do you want to learn about how to paint this or do you want to learn how i sculpt this or how i build sets or you know just so you know digestible maybe like 30 minute to an hour courses um but yeah we're, we're actually starting that probably within the next month so well i'm excited for that yeah i am glad i brought that up then that's very cool um so i'm curious when you got into crypto were you like immediately into in the nfts or were you like trading before that um yeah so like were you into nfts immediately basically is what i'm asking so january of 2021 uh, getting back to, I think I was talking about, was I talking about Gary V before I did another space today? I can't remember, but I, was, no, I don't I think was we looking, talked about him yet. <laughs> okay. So I was, I was looking at his Instagram and I don't know if he still does it, but at the time he was doing this thing called underrated overrated. 
And one of the things he said was underrated was Clubhouse. And I was like, oh, what the hell is Clubhouse? So I checked it out. And literally, like, the day after I downloaded the Clubhouse app, I think, oh, no, I think I downloaded it, but I had to wait a few days because that was when you needed, like, an invite or something weird. Um, One of my friends who actually can go down a wormhole looking this up, my friend is... He goes by Wrinkles the Clown. He Oh no, I know Wrinkles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was I showing Batman Wrinkles the other night too. Yes. I was like, you gotta see Wrinkles oh, the Clown. <laughs> yes. I thought you did, but then I was like, wait, I saw that you I didn't I see so much stuff and sometimes I like mess it up. So I was like, Oh god, if she doesn't know who Wrinkles the Clown is and I'm like <laughs> saying and you're like, What the hell are you talking Okay. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Wrinkles the Clown had texted me. Actually, I so Wrinkles knows me because his family lives in New Hampshire and they had seen that news article, the news piece, and oh, they shit. had Yes, and they had told him, like, oh, we just saw this girl on TV because they showed my photography, too. So they were, like, you would put – because me and him, who he is in real life, we have a lot of the same, like, hobbies and shooting a lot of the same kind of places. So they were, like, oh, I think you would, like, like her stuff. And that's how we met because then he ended up hiring me to do photos of him as Wrinkles the Clown when he was up visiting his family um so there's there's that little backstory so he had texted me like a few days after i downloaded the clubhouse app um and he was like i i don't know anything about this but he's like you might want to look into this thing called nfts he's like it seems like a lot of artists are doing this and i was like okay like awesome thank you for the heads up um so I was, like, looking into it, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. Like, I remember looking at Super Rare's website, and I saw one and, like, the three lines for ETH. But I was like, what is one and then these lines? What the fuck is I don't understand. And then I realized it was, like, cryptocurrency because I wasn't into, like, crypto either. Um, so, yeah, I looked into it, and I was so, so, so confused, but something told me, like, I'm not the kind of person to give up, but sometimes I'm like, oh, this is way more trouble than I have time for right now. But again, like, pandemic, like, wasn't really doing much, so I kind of had all the time in the world. So, um, yeah, I I was in clubhouse rooms, and it was like everyone was talking about it, but the amazing thing was is that at the time, most people were in the same boat as me. Um, so no one felt, I feel bad for people getting into it now. Cause I feel like no one really like wants to take the time to help them, which sucks. Cause it's like, we got to onboard people, but like back then it's like, we all had the same, you know, basic ass, like, you know, noob questions. Um, <laughs> And there right, was like yeah. th- there was thousands of people like progressing in the space at the same time, and it was just it was I always called it the golden years of Clubhouse. But I mean, there was people. Um, this guy he goes by Ronan the Collector on Twitter. He set up a Clubhouse room one day, and it was probably only like an hour and a half. And he did exactly what I needed. Like he step by step, he said all the terms, what they mean. And he's like, now I'm going to help you like set up a wallet. 
he helped us set up a wallet, get on OpenSea. And like, I realized like once someone, you know, took us all through step by step, it was like, oh man, this is, this isn't a big deal at all. And I felt way better about it. And then at the end of January, early February, 2021 is when I started um, minting stuff. So I, f- I forgot what you asked for a question. I got it. No, you off. answered it. Yeah, you answered it. I was just curious if, like, you immediately got into NFTs or if you were, like, trading shit coins or something before that, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I just I just dove right in from knowing zero about it to just immersing myself. I would be in Clubhouse for, I'm not even joking, like, 18 hours a day, just, like, nice. taking, <laughs> taking notes. And I remember, like, when someone mentioned gas, I was like, what the fuck? is gas for what i don't understand is this like a slang for something i don't get it but right yeah it it was (laughs) i learned pretty quickly with everyone else like it it took about a month until i was comfortable kind of like you know minting my first piece gotcha and did you choose ethereum just because it made sense or was there were you looking at other blockchains at the time were you just like eth is eth is it yeah, it was pretty much ETH is it. And like from what I was hearing to like everyone was like, well, ETH is where pretty much most of the art is. So, yeah, to me, I didn't even really question it. I mean, I right now I'm just on ETH and Tezos. Um, I'm kind of dragging my feet about Solana. Like I'm, I'm interested in getting into it, but I'm hearing, I'm hearing bullshit. It's kind of like a 50-50 thing right now, but... I mean, yeah. to me, it's like it, it wouldn't hurt to just, you know, put a few pieces up and see where it goes, so. Yeah, there is, um on Solana, there's, I think, form function. You might have already found out, but I think that's, like, the main one-to-one. And Batman, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, like, the the place if you want to put up, like, one-of-ones. One um, but, yeah, I would agree. Ethereum and Tezos definitely feel very art direct like art focused um and nfts solana is a bit different i would say but we we would definitely say to give solana a shot because we're like solana maxis at this point but um yeah it's it's definitely more like utility like flippy type stuff on solana at least that's the trend right now but there's definitely artists there um and there's there's definitely a lot of one-on-ones and stuff like that so uh, we'd, we'd be happy to, like, help you if you needed any, like, direction if you moved over to Solana. Um, okay, so I saw that, unless you wanted to add anything to that, Karen. No, that that's cool. That, that okay, was, cool. Yeah, it was basically people told me to do ETH and I uh, blindly followed. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, so we saw that you just hired on a marketing advisor, Mrs. Chippy. And uh, you have plans to bring on a marketing director soon. So what do you have any plans in store for after you like collect the market data that you're looking for? Yeah, we um, like we actually just had a call earlier today and um, we've gotten to the point where it, like so for average creatures like obviously like you know that's our brand and we want to continue on with that um and right now we're kind of we're in that period where we're like okay so how can we kind of bridge the gap between 
average creatures and what I'm doing separate from that. Um, Cause obviously like a lot of the collectors that we have, you know, have some of my other work as well. So right now we're kind of working on making it one big unit. Um, and we haven't really announced that specifically yet, but that is, I guess that's the alphas, you know, we're working on that and we're behind the scenes working on how we're going to kind of meld the two together. Um, the two being, you know, average creatures and, you know, all, all my other photography work. So, and, um, and that's fun. You know, we, it's always, it's different from, you know, going into web three and realizing, well, now we have, you know, holders and we need to bring value to our holders. And, you know, how do we, how do we keep that momentum going and keep, and that, and that's why, you know, we, we need the, the marketing aspect of it. Cause it's like before mint, we were like grinding, like every day we were doing like three Twitter spaces a day and, you know, then we mint it out and it's kind of like, you know, where, where do we go from here? You know, it's, it's also, I mean, I've certainly never done, this was my first generative project. I've never done anything like this before. So it's definitely a learning experience. And we, we love our community. Like for, for the most part, we have a lot of great people that, you know, understand that we're pretty much mostly art oriented. Um, and, and that's hard in this space, you know, it's, and I, I think, I think we're at a weird spot right now where, where people realize that the whole utility thing may not like it, you know, you may need to rely on the art and fall back on the art. Um, especially in this market now, it's like, well, clearly a lot of the other like utility type stuff isn't really working out for much. I mean, a lot of projects right. are kind of you know tanking right now and um and we're all builders and we're all artists on the team like you know even even the devs on the team like they're artists as well and do a lot of creative type stuff um so yeah we're just we're just going to continue building and i guess the whole marketing thing is that we we just want to further get the word out that we are building and we want to have people that can get the word out for us. So we have time to build and create and come up with new ideas. So, um, so yeah, that that's basically the next steps now is, you know, and we do have a lot of ideas. We don't, there's, there's a bunch we haven't really announced just cause we, we just need to fine tune them and, you know, understand, you know, how it's going to be laid out and in what order we're doing stuff. And, but yeah, we're, we're definitely, you know, future oriented right now and, and really building to, to bring that world, you know, even like, like I said, with the, with the, um, with the classes and the workshops and stuff, even stuff like that, you know, we, we feel like there's people in the community that would find value in that. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what we're what we're doing right now. Um and yeah, we're we're I think actually uh Toto is down there with his doodle. Um he's like the main dev. Um and I believe um acknowledging that I see him because if I say something wrong, 
I think he said the website's going to be done next week. Um, so yeah, the whole revamp. He's laughing, so I guess I'm not in trouble. I must have said the right the right time frame. Yeah, he didn't throw up any like angry faces or something at you. <laughs> well, cool. Well, that makes sense because um, the space that I listened to the other day was talking about your lonely astronaut like series or collection, which I love. I think the the images are amazing. Um, so you're going to like start incorporating those other, your other art into average creatures or kind of getting the word out about it. Um, that's great. I think it's wonderful, <laughs> but I wanted to, but you, you have like real spacesuits. Let's just talk about what's most important. You have real spacesuits, right? <laughs> that you, that you yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had, I, I started with a high altitude suit. Um, and then a few months ago, I got an actual, like, NASA, um, it's like a fuel handler suit. That thing sucks, though. I feel bad for, <laughs> I've only, I've only used it a few times so far, but it's, like, pure rubber. So I'm like, I've been using it, like, in the summer. Um, someone, I went to, like, an abandoned school, I think it was, like, a month ago, and I did a bunch of footage, and. I got a bunch of like footage and did a bunch of pictures and he kept it on the whole time. Like I kept saying, like he has to take the helmet off cause that instantly fogs and like within like 15 seconds you can't breathe. So it's a lot of like, you know, doing what I have to do and then him taking it off, whatever. Um, but he wasn't like fully taking it off, like just the helmet part. And at the end of the day, so we were shooting for probably like four ish hours. He, it, when he took it off, like his clothes that he had underneath, he was wringing them out. It was just water pouring out of his clothes. It was so hot. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't pass out. But yeah, that one's a little rugged. Because the thing is, like, normally it has like all the wires and tubing in it. Because normally they have whatever it is they use. It's from like the 60s. It's like a antique Oh, NASA. Wow. It's still it has like the Kennedy Space Center serial number in it and everything. It's really cool. But like obviously like I'm an idiot. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm not like a NASA engineer, so like I don't know how to pipe freaking oxygen into this shit <laughs> and like the cool the cooling stuff they have. So yeah, it's that one's pretty brutal. Like I'll probably do more of the original suit that I have and kind of save the other one for like special occasions. Or I might, I actually, I just got a ton of um, more mannequins. Like I need any more, but I was thinking, I was like, Oh, I should just like use mannequins for that other one. So I don't have to worry about them like collapsing in the suit because they're overheating or they can't breathe. Man, it's hot here. I can just imagine, like, trekking around in a fucking, like, huge, like, rubber fucking NASA suit. That's insane. Um, well, I, I have to agree that your community is great. I've always loved the Average Creatures community. And it's one of, like, the first NFT communities that I looked at. Like, oh, this is how you do it. Like, this is how you make the Discord. And this is how you be nice to each other. And things like that. Like, I was, I was kind of new to uh, NFTs back in, like, March and April. So... Yeah, I, and I'm happy to go with you guys whatever direction you go in, and I, I, I absolutely appreciate the art, so I just wanted to say that. All right, cool. Well, you guys, uh, you went to NFT NYC, and was that a good experience, and do you feel like it benefited um, Average Creatures? 
yeah it was really cool um i'm glad i went because at first we wanted to do an event but then we realized it's like man like we're looking at like costs of like um you know just like renting a space or whatever and it was like astro like like it'd be like oh okay eight thousand and we're like all right that's that's not too bad but then we'd you know, we'd email these venues and they'd be like, oh no, um, for that weekend, it's like 30,000. It's like, what? So, (laughs) you know, it's like, we're looking around and then our concern was like, listen, like, we don't want to, we don't want to dump, you know, the, the project funds into like one event and what if no one shows up or, you know, it just, it just didn't make sense. So, we pretty much had the mindset of just going and just meeting people. Um, and we met a lot of people. Like we went to, um, we went to the, like the toy boogers, uh, Roboto's. They had, they had an event. Um, it was really cool. It was at a donut shop. So they had like donuts, they had merch too. Like they were just handing out merch, but, um, to me it was like really valuable to go and going to, I go to New York city all the time. So like in, either way I would have ended up going. Um, but like, it's like all these people that, you know, either we collaborated with or people I knew from like clubhouse that we kept in touch. And it was just so many people that like, I had only heard their voices for almost like two years And then it's like, oh, my God, like, we actually get to hang out in person. So that's really cool. I think making connections like that is really important because especially, like, just with technology and, like, with spaces and clubhouse, you kind of you kind of forget that there's, like, actual people on the other end. It's not that you forget. It just gets kind of weird after a while. It's like it's it's good to do in real life stuff, I guess, is my point. Um I don't think it's healthy in any way to just be like, I'm just going to do web three and never show my face anywhere. And I have to tell myself that all the time because sometimes I feel like that's what I want to do. But um, yeah, so we just, we went there and I, I made a giant uh, creature head while I was out there. And um, I, we did some photos and met up with a few people and, but yeah, it was really fun. And I believe we're planning on, going to nftla or we're working on you know what we can do i actually do have like a few venues available to me out there so but yeah it's it's kind of like seeing where the market is and you know when the time comes and what what what, you know what's a smart move like i said we don't want to like deplete all of our it's like can we you got to think of like you know if you're going to spend this money this project money on the project it has to benefit the project, but it also has to benefit the holders of the project. So, um, so yeah, we, we opted to just kind of go and hang out and that was really fun. It it was really great meeting everyone that we've been talking to for so long. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, we saw, if I remember correctly, you tweeted a pizza while you were there and the pizza, it seemed like it may have been <laughs> like THC infused, but I couldn't tell because I've never, I've never had pizza from the places. That was it, like an infused pizza. It was something about like yes. so, nice. Se- this is so yeah. So this is funny. Um, so several years ago, probably like 2015 ish, 
this account on Instagram started following me and they, they only had like around like 150 followers. Um, and this is before it was like legal in New York. I don't even, is it legal? In, no. Yeah. It is legal in New York. Now. Okay, yeah. I think it is. Um, yeah. But back then it definitely wasn't. And, um, I said to my boyfriend, I was like, this account just started following me. It looks like they deliver like pizza that has like, yeah, it's infused. So, um, I, we, when we were staying there, like shortly after them adding me, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to give it a shot. And I messaged them and then they needed my phone number because then they texted me. I'm assuming they're using like WhatsApp or something. They texted me their menu and I was like, okay. So I ordered and I ordered and at the time, like I paid cash, like it was just like a random person that brought it to our hotel room. But like, yeah, like everything, their, their soda, their cannolis, they have um, gelato. It is so good. And actually um, the Cheech and Chong generative project used them for their event. So here's the funny thing. So like even New Yorkers were like, you're fucking crazy. Like, cause I, I was vending at an event. That's why I was in New York city. And I was telling a bunch of people, I was like, yeah, like I, I, t- I ordered from this place that like, and the food is so good by the way. Like it's like legit, like gourmet, like pizza and shit. Um, so like even people that like live in the city, they were like, you're fucking crazy for doing that. Like you could have gotten robbed or shot. I was like, well, it's fine, <laughs> and it was really good. Right. So then, years later, so the account on Instagram is Pizza Pusha. So pizza and then P-U-S-H-A. Um, they have, like, now they have, like, a ridiculous amount. I want to say there's, like, 250,000 followers or something. Like, they're wow. always posting pictures of, like, celebrities. I think they were just rogue at first, like, using different yeah. people's kitchens to cook. They have their own, like, huge-ass restaurant right now. You can go in. You can order. They have, like, a buffet, but you can also buy, like, actual, like, just weed and shit. Um, But, yeah, it, like, grew. And I say to everyone now, like, see? See? Like, you thought I was, like, some sketchy, like, whatever. Now they're, like, super legit. Uh, but yeah we usually order from them like every time we go there it's amazing but yeah even just the food is just good like by itself but yeah that's I guess that's an added perk hell yeah yeah I found that interesting because that's what I ended up doing with my cooking degree is having like a cottage uh edibles business out of (laughs) out of my home (laughs) which you know with everything becoming like more uh, available to everyone it's it's slowed down a bit but yeah like i make i make bake dif- different things so that was really cool to me um well speaking of that so i understand that there are a couple of a couple of happenings in the past and one involved an asbestos covered joint and another involved a morgue would you like to share a bit about those <laughs> those things oh man Oh, I forgot. Yeah, when you said so, you must have heard that in the space about the asbestos. Yeah, yeah, you said a little um, bit about it. Yeah. So the morgue thing was—I've actually been in a in a lot of morgues. Um, There was one where it was uh, this old abandoned hospital in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, 
And for some reason, the morgue was like on the second floor, which to me in hindsight now seems like just a really bad idea. Um, and we couldn't get in through like the first floor. So I like had piled up a bunch of stuff up against the building. And I was, I, for some reason had this like bright idea. I was with a few other people too. I was like, oh, we can just get in through the roof. So we like got in through the roof took photos we came out when we came out i kind of like slipped on the roof and there was like nails for some reason like coming out of the wood of the roof so when i slipped my belt caught on some nails and i was like hanging but like i was like too far up for anyone to like it was like too much of an awkward position um for anyone to like help me so I had to just like hang there until I could like I had like a utility knife and I was like trying to cut my belt it was so hard and I just like had to hang there to wait for my belt to just rip from under me that sucked um oh my god but yeah the asbestos joint thing so um so I went to this, another abandoned hospital. This one was in Connecticut, in uh, Norwich, Connecticut. They tore most of it down, which sucks. So that was, like, the first, like, really cool abandoned place I had ever gone to. Um, and uh, so what what we do at a lot of these places, especially, like, this place in Connecticut, because they had, like, security that would, like, drive around. Um, it's called pre-dawning. So you, like, go in before the sun comes up. So it's dark and no one can see you and you can see like a flashlight or a headlight or whatever from super far away. So like it's, it's easier to like hide if someone's coming. Um, so usually like sometimes we'd get into these places like way too early. Um, like we'd get in, we'd have like two hours before the sun rises. So like, you know, we'd just like smoke or whatever sometimes i'd like nap and my friends would be freaked out like one of my friends once was like you're fucking i brought like a onesie to sleep in because i knew it would be cold and she's like you're fucking sleeping like what do you do i'm like dude i yep i'm taking a nap i can sleep anywhere by the way nice Um, (laughs) clear clearly because i'm sleeping in old abandoned asylums but um yeah so we like we were like just smoking a joint and uh waiting for the sun to come up but at some point like i was like so high i like dropped it but we were all we all were we were all fucking wrecked and like we dropped it and we like couldn't find it it's like what the fuck and like you can't really use like a flashlight when it's dark because security is going to see that light like blasting on oh right yeah yeah so i was like listen we'll just whatever we we got what we wanted out of it we'll just wait till the sun it's not like we need it anymore at that point so i was like we'll just wait till the sun comes up and we'll like look for it so the sun comes up and we're like looking for it we're like what the fuck man like this doesn't make sense there was like three of us looking for it we're like where could it have gone and it it was like still half of it left so i was kind of pissed and like after like a half hour of looking for it i was like all right we like we need to do our shit like i need to take my photos and get out of here we don't want to be like just looking for this thing and then like ruin our day so we didn't find it um we ended up leaving and then like a year later we went back and it was in like a theater too it was such a cool like it was like the top um 
the top part of like the theater on this this asylum was like it was like 48 buildings and they're all connected by underground tunnels so we would like usually just go in the theater and wait for the sun to come up so yeah we went back like a, a year later and we were in the same spot and I just happened to look down at my feet and I was like, no, because I was with the people I was with the first time when we lost it. And I was like, no fucking way. And they were like, what? I was, and I just like lifted it up and they were like, holy shit. So we smoked it. And seriously, like, <laughs> I have never been so fucked up in my life. Like, I was just like, we were all just and we were so messed up. We like couldn't leave. We were like, we have to fucking leave at some point. But, like, we were just, like, too free. You know how you get, like, the fear? Like, if you, like, oh, have yes. too much, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, and we still, to this day, talk about that. And we were like, what was the difference? And the only thing we could think of is, like, that, like, asbestos or something. Just, like, because it, it just didn't make sense. Like, you would figure it was, right. really, like, pure shit or something from having been, like, in the elements like a year in a place like that is like 10 years because it's like you have the cold and the wind and the rain coming in and yeah it was like <laughs> I yeah don't, i, had I like, don't know what it's the... like some type of something got in there asbestos or like a fucking yeah. so some type always, of neurotoxin yeah, say that yes exactly <laughs> where it was like yeah definitely like something mixed with that shit Ugh. that is a trip Oh, man, I love your stories. They're great. You're a good storyteller, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, do you have any, now that we're kind of coming to a close, any, like, ex exhibitions or any events coming up or anything that you'd like everyone to know about? Yeah, so I'm actually, I know there's probably not a lot of people that live around me, but um September 17th and 18th, uh, where I live, it's Manchester, New Hampshire, they're having an art festival, which is pretty rare because I live in a very conservative, um, people don't really understand art area, um, but like a lot of the right people are kind of leaving office and stuff and there's like younger people coming in, so like uh, things are starting to like happen and I'm I'm pretty psyched about it, so um, there's an art festival where for two days they're like closing down some of the streets in the city. And, um, they asked me, I'm going to have like prints for sale, but they also asked me if I could do an installation. And I was telling them about average creatures. I didn't get like too much into the like NFTs and crypto. I was just like, listen, like I did this project and, um, you know, it involves like a lot of creatures. This is what they look like. And I was like, can I, is it cool if I do an installation and it's them? And they were like, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I'm doing like my first average creatures installation 17th and 18th. If anyone has any questions about it too, um, please feel free to reach out. But yeah, I'm basically like making like a, a room where people can sit in it and there will be life-size creatures that I'm making. Um, and you can just like kind of sit with them and do selfies and I'll be doing pictures for a couple hours each day. So if people actually want me to do the pictures, you can sign up for that. Um, I think that's about it right now. Um, other than like vending and selling prints at a few places around me, that's pretty much it. Um, like I said before, we're really like in a, in a big building stage right now for average creatures. So 
um, we'll be very busy. We, we have to communicate more to that we're, you know, what we're doing and what we're building and we'll, we'll definitely in the coming weeks be sharing a lot of that. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's so cool. I'm in, I'm in Virginia myself. So New Hampshire is a bit of a hike for me, but Batman is close to New Hampshire. So maybe he could go and get his picture taken with a, with a Heidi. I think he should do that. (laughs) If if Heidi's going to be there. (laughs) That's very cool. Karen, uh, would you like to tell everyone where to find out more about Average Creatures? Yeah, so we have um, a Twitter. Uh, it's at AVG Creatures. We also have a website, averagecreatures.io. Um, and of course, I have a link tree on my Twitter profile that kind of has everything that you can find, both Average Creatures related and all my uh, other photography work. So. And, um, yeah, we're always, if anyone ever has a question or, oh, also like our discord too, if you, you know, if anyone wants to come out and check out the discord, um, we're friendly and very inclusive and we're, we're looking to, you know, bring more people on board and build the community. So please always feel free to either reach out to us or like I said, join the discord. Hell yeah, I'll second that. They are very friendly and very inclusive, and I would encourage everyone to join, even just to hang out and get to know everyone, because it's it's just a great community. Um, well, yeah, well, I'm so glad that we did this, Karen. You're cool as shit. Like, I knew this was going to be fun. Like, you're you're such an interesting person. Your your work is amazing, and I'm I'm so glad that we got to just hang out and talk. And I hope that we'll do this more often. I'll have to come to y'all's uh, your average hours and and stuff like that, and hang out with you guys more often. Um, but other than that, I just, you know, thank you for being here. Uh, thanks Batman. Thanks everyone else. It's been great. Oh, and you know what, Karen, I like how you close out your spaces normally. So I was going to, I was going to let you, uh, close it out officially for us. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Yeah. I just want, before I do that, um, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Let's do this again. Um, if I ever post anything and you want me to ramble on about it, I would love to. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I guess I will say to everyone, bye. 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 <laughs> bye. This podcast was intended for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you heard should be considered professional financial advice. I'm very smart, savvy, and hilarious, but I'm not a licensed financial advisor. Crypto is highly volatile and a risky investment avenue, so never trade or invest with more than you can afford to lose, and always do your own research on projects, and or seek licensed professional guidance before making your own investment decisions. I always look into projects and attempt to only share the ones that look the safest to me, but even I get fooled sometimes. Please know that I will not be responsible for any losses you incur. 
So we smoked it, and seriously, like, <laughs> I have never been so fucked up 